So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that the top agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's real estate environment? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. All right, guys, well, we've tried the new show for a number of episodes, and the downloads have spoken. You guys love this show. Wow, I am so honored that we can do an engaging and fun and current show that agents from all over the world are listening to and learning from about what's happening in our beloved real estate industry. So we're going to keep it up. We're excited and welcome to today's State of the Market. Welcome, Rockstar Nation. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. Hey, how's it going, real estate rock stars and next level agents? This is Kevin Kaufman and Pat Hyben. Pat, how you doing, brother? Good, buddy. I think I'm going to last. I'm having some internet issues here, so I'm on my phone and on the old-fashioned uh, headset that you get with the iPhone. So I'm wondering if this will come through clearer than my professional microphone does. Nice. We'll, soon, we'll soon find out. Awesome. Well, uh, I, I'm doing the same, too. I, I bought a microphone and decided I didn't like it and that I like these these Apple uh, EarPods, if you will, whatever they're called, a lot, a lot better. So, well, hey, buddy. So state of the market, We, you and I just get done talking about quite a few different things. And uh we're uh, kind of going through what we're going to discuss on today's show, a lot going on in the world of real estate. But I think the one thing that jumped out at you and I both the most that I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't lead off with was Oregon enacting the nation's first statewide rent control law. And uh, what do you think about that, Pat? Obviously, you know, I know you've got some experience with rent control. And so I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and your take. Yeah, so, you know, my personal experience is I have a bunch of houses in College Park, Maryland, which is right by University of Maryland, and it abuts a town called Tacoma Park, and Tacoma Park is like one of the only uh, municipalities in the state of Maryland actually has rent control, and so College Park, Maryland decided one year that it was going to institute rent control. And what they did is they came up with this diabolical plan where they were going to basically send out a letter to all uh, landlords, including myself. At the time, I owned seven houses there. And they, they sent out letters about all my seven houses and demanded that I, I sent, send in a lease. Yeah. They said, send us a copy of your lease. And, you know, I was in a, a landlord group, a landlord, I'm still in the same landlord group, but we had a landlord group, of course, which everybody should be in if you own several renters in the same uh, neighborhood or area. And, and there was a landlord group and the, the consensus that the landlord group was practice civil disobedience, right? They were like, screw it, don't do it, don't mail them anything. So I didn't mail them anything. Some people did. But what eventually happened was, you know, they thought they were going to be able to control like 3,000 rental units with one part-time employee and and the part-time employee was, <laughs> was unable to get anywhere like literally it would have probably taken four to four to ten full-time employees 
to enforce it, to, you know, come from nowhere and get leases from people, many different landlords, and, and then try to control and find out what they're charging, are they charging above? So it fizzled out. Like it literally, it, I think it's like still on the books 10 years later, but it, it just was never instituted. And so, it, you know, it just went nowhere and it didn't go anywhere. So I hated it. We actually, as a landlord group, we actually hired a lawyer. We collected $400,000 collectively and sued the city. And I don't know if that was the reason why they stopped it, but I think it was a collection of, of this huge lawsuit plus the fact that they just didn't realize what they were getting into. It was like somebody's, some politician's idea who was new on the council and they, they instituted it and voted for it and then had no idea what it meant. So anyways, you know, the problem with, with rent control, of course, is that people, number one, they abuse it. They'll keep apartments and not live in them and let relatives live in them and just, you know, they'll stay like that forever and ever and ever. And number two, uh, the landlords always find a way. I know a lot of people in California who have rent control buildings. And the way some of these rent control buildings are set up is that if you're in them, your rent can't be raised but a certain amount per year. But as soon as you move out and then someone else moves in, you could bring it up to market. So what they would do is they would they would turn off the hot water boiler, they would, you know, turn off the electricity, things like that, and then the tenants would complain and then they'd be like, Oh shit, we'll send out a plumber right away, and then the plumber would take like three days. And then the plumber would go and flip the switch back on. I mean, it's, I hate to say it, and I, and I can say it because I didn't do it, but that was, that's common practice. That is common practice with a lot of these rent control units. And then, the, and then the tenants basically move out, right? Because they're like, this place sucks. You know, the, the power's always going out or the water's going out. And then when they move out, then you can raise it, right? So what Oregon did is a little bit different. Oregon said... You can't raise it more than 7% plus inflation. And let's say inflation is another percent or so. That's 8%, let's say, 8 9%. Here's the thing. That's not bad, right? I don't raise my rents more than that anyways. You know, I, if I have a, a rent for 1000 bucks, 5% would be raising it to 1050 a month, which would be $600 more a year. I, I, a lot of my rentals, I don't even do that, right? I don't. So I don't think 7% is scary. Now, where it comes into being scary is that, you know, debate about the camel stuck his nose in a tent. It's the same debate that the gun control or the, the, the NRA, you know, has been fighting for years and years. You make this little change where you force people to have uh, locks on the guns and it basically means the camel stuck his nose in a tent and soon the whole body will be in the tent and guns will be illegal. Right, it's the same thing. As people are like, "Oh, you 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 cap it at seven percent? Yeah, that's not bad, right? I'm not greedy. I don't need more than seven percent." But it soon means that then once you have the law in effect, it'll be five percent. Then it'll be four percent. Then it'll be like you're not out allowed to do it at all. And and the concept is, you know, we don't want you controlling us. We don't want you telling us what to do in a free market system. If if the rent is the, the market for the rent is X, I should be able to charge it in a capitalist society. And I think that's where the argument comes in. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, on the, on the 
I guess I'm just looking at the outside reading seven percent plus inflation. To me, to me, that seems like not a big deal at all. But you know, in fact, gosh, I can't even imagine. Even if inflation was only one percent, raising raising the rent eight percent every year seems, or just having the ability to number one seems more than reasonable to the landlord. To me, it seems like it could even be a little bit high, depending on what the what the beginning number is. But yeah, my again, my number one concern would be okay. On the surface, that's okay. What does that lead to next? Does that lead to bigger problems down the road? Who knows? I, the one thing I do know is you look at this, the state of Oregon, particularly I know in the um, the Portland area, like prices have just been on the move, right? They, they've been rising for a number of years. I don't know what it's like, obviously, to own rentals in that, uh, in that state, but uh, I'm really curious. I know we've got quite a few Oregon agents here inside the Next Level Agents Facebook group, and I'm sure who listen as well to Real Estate Rockstars regularly. I'm curious what some of those folks who have either rentals themselves or have uh, investors as clients, what their kind of thought process is, if they're getting any sort of feedback so far. Uh, again, on the surface, I think this looks like it's probably pretty good for everybody. My bigger concern here is, you know, what does this lead to uh, down the road? Uh, as you said, you know, you let the camel's nose in the, in the tent, what happens next? Yeah, and then and it, it's a it's it's always a huge problem regulating it, right? Because you know the records get scratched when the tenant moves out. So if you get a new tenant, you can you can pretty much pick your rent. They're not telling you what you can and can't rent for yet. What they what 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 they tried to do in College Park, Maryland, is they tried to say that your monthly rent, and I'm trying to get this by memory, can't be more than one per one. Point one percent of your property tax assessment. So, if your tax assessment was one hundred and fifty thousand, your monthly rent couldn't be more than say sixteen fifty a month. the The problem that the landlords had with that is that we rent out these houses in a competitive market to dormitories and the dorm room by the university is like a thousand bucks a month for a dorm room. And so, so it enables landlords to use a bedroom in competition with a dorm room and maybe rent a bedroom for, you know, half or, or 70% of a dorm room price. And then it, 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 the rent is a lot higher than 1.1% of the tax assessment. And yeah, I wouldn't like that at all. Yeah, um, it was terrible. Especially too, you know, with the, I mean, the assessment now. Now, if someone else is telling you what your, what the market is, I mean, that's. And then that's how crap. do you track it too? You know, like how yeah. do you enforce that? How do you, you know, other than sending letters that say mail in the lease, you know, I, I, I don't know. And I think it, it, it ultimately comes down to, you know, if somebody complains against you, but uh, that then, then they'll investigate you, right? Uh, and I guess they would have to subpoena you to court or, or whatever the word is. They'd have to, you, you, it would have to be a court thing where we'd have to, I don't know. Anyways, it's interesting. It's a, it's a scary slope for Oregon as a government to try to, to try to regulate all this. It's going to be a, an absolute nightmare. I think I did read that they, that they hired a ton of employees. I forget the exact number. So they are prepared at least uh, with an entire team so to speak but it's going to be i don't like it 
as a as a landlord myself and a capitalist myself, I just think it's the wrong the wrong message, you know. All right, guys, why waste thousands of dollars and countless hours on training that never touches on what matters most? How to make more money in real estate for just seven dollars. You can start a one-week trial at Rebus University today. And what that means is $13,000 worth of real estate courses on how to make more commissions will be available to you for a dollar a day. It's all you can eat. Go in there and take them all if you can. Only seven bucks. To start your seven-day all-access free trial, go to futureofrealestatetraining.com. These courses are guaranteed to get you more listings, more leads, and more commissions. Futureofrealestatetraining.com or just text the word TRIAL to 444-999. That's T-R-I-A-L to 444-999. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm glad they're starting in Oregon and not Arizona. I don't own any rental properties in Oregon, but yeah. in Arizona, um, you know, I, I know I wouldn't want them coming in here telling me what to do. Well, let's talk about something else that you've got some uh, some personal experience with, Pat, because I know you know this gentleman. Uh, meet Kevin, if you will, was charged recently with trespassing after storming the offices of Grant Cardone. So kind of lighthearted, except for the fact that there was, you know, the police were involved. But this guy, Kevin, uh, has got this ongoing feud with, uh, with Grant Cardone for whatever reason. And, uh, and maybe you know more about that. I believe you've had Kevin on your show before here on Real Estate Rockstars. But, I mean, this guy shows up dressed as an elf and pulling a wagon around Grant Cardone's office, handing out poinsettia plants to the workers. Uh, who knows, like, what the hell was going on there? Like, could you even imagine that scene? You're just at work, and you're working, and then some dude or dudes roll into your office dressed as elves, and they start handing out plants. Yeah, I mean, he, like, I just think I was tripping on acid. He flew... <laughs> He flew like five people to Miami for this shit, right? Like, like he's in like California, right? So he's on a whole nother coast. By the way, if you want to meet him, uh, he said episode 685, uh, 685, uh, not too long ago. And, and so basically, you know, Kevin's a great guy. He's a funny guy. He's animated. He's basically, he's an entertainer. Okay. He's an entertainer and he's a, how do I say it? A, a hard, like a, a workaholic, works like a ton, right? Do, doing all the videos, he edits them himself, and he sells real estate. And he gets a lot of business because he's got, uh, I think, almost a million. I think if I remember, like, like he's got a, a ton of YouTube subscribers, a ton. He's probably, and, and the, the way that he got it was controversial. Like, he, he uses Dave Ramsey, and he uses... Grant Cardone, so that they show up in search engine optimization because YouTube's owned by Google. You know, when people are Googling them and he basically says why, why Dave Ramsey is wrong and why Grant Cardone is wrong. And the main themes of these, because I've watched several of these videos, are 
Dave Ramsey says, pay off your house, right? And, you know, for an investor or someone who's trying to sell the benefits of a tax break uh, of interest and real estate taxes, and for someone who's trying to leverage, you know, here you could buy five rental properties or you could pay off your house, which is smarter to buy, you know, as a, as a, a landlord. I have mortgages on my properties, on most of them. In, because I think it's intelligent, right? Because the rates are so low. So he's fighting that with uh, Ramsey, and it shows up of why I hate Dave Ramsey. You know what I mean? And then he goes head-to-head head head with Dave Ramsey. And then um, Dave Ramsey sends him letters and cease and desist to stop talking about him. And, and, then, and, then he, and then what he does is he creates a video that says, hey, look at this letter I got from Dave Ramsey. And then it perpetuates. And he did the same thing with Cardone because Cardone flies around in a private jet, yet he rents a, a penthouse in, in some, you know, place, uh, some high rise. He, he won't buy. And uh, he says, don't, he says, buy for investment, don't buy for an owner occupant. And it's interesting because part of what Grant says in my mind could be correct economically in that. Like if his penthouse is worth, say, uh, $2.5 million and he's only paying 10000 a month, that is a lot less than what he would be paying a mortgage. Like his mortgage, if you put 20% down, would be, you know, probably 17000 a month or something, right? With condo fees and all that other BS. So, so, so he's saving money that way. So, so there are some areas, Miami probably being one. Um, where he lives, uh, some areas like L.A., New York City, where, wherever, where it may pay a lot to uh, rent versus buy. But the problem is the landlord's in control. The landlord could raise the rent. They can kick you out. You have to move, things like that. You don't get the tax benefit. So anyways, Kevin went after him, and then Grant, uh, you know, you know, called him a worm or something. And, and then <laughs> I'll, I'll, it, it, it's, a, it's a typical scenario of... A, a somebody poking the bear like somebody you know punching the bully in the face and running away and that's what he's done with Cardone and and with uh, Ramsey is he's he's basically ran up to him and and like gave him a wet willy and then ran away and then it got their attention and then you know now he shows up and gets a rep. I mean, I don't know who does that. I mean, I, it's you interesting. Know. You know, I, I mean, I can, I, I see where he's coming from. You know, I, I had a short sale blog back in the day that, you know, if it, uh, if Facebook Live had been around, uh, to be frank with you, I probably, it probably would have been a little bit more interesting. There's uh, a couple cease and desist letters and, and some calls from legal counsels at, at a couple major banks to KWRI. So yeah, I, I slow, slow that down. So what happened? Oh, you know, we had <laughs> like you said, like Bank of America sucked. Because I had, I also had the girl on that um, did that viral video that said why uh, Bank of America sucks. Did you see that one? Yeah, you know, so may, maybe not my finest moment on YouTube, but certainly a moment on YouTube. Uh, and some of these videos have been removed. Uh, one because uh, the bank in question, which would have been. U.S. Bank had claimed some sort of like I, I use their image without their uh, trademark, whatever. Uh, but Chase, now Chase Bank, that that was an interesting one. They literally threatened, literally, literally threatened uh, the general counsel at KWRI years ago to uh, 
to remove all REO listings from all KW agents nationwide if a certain video that uh, Fred and I had uh, had posted on our blog, Short Sale Power Hour, didn't come down. And in a you know typical Kevin and Fred fashion, we we dug our heels in uh, for a little while, right right up until um, I'll just say Mark Willis, who was the CEO at the time, got involved. And uh, while he was very pleasant uh, with me, it was also very clear of our two choices. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know, at the time we chose to stay at KW. It was interesting, even though they didn't back us on that. Uh, but at any rate. So I, I, I don't, I don't get, because Chase sucks so bad at, at doing short sales. Was well, well, no, it really what didn't have anything to do. The funny thing is our video had nothing to do with how bad they suck at short sales. I mean, except for the fact that it's annoying, but that was just part of the job. Um, what it had to do with was a was something in their terms and agreement on their checking accounts. And, and I don't want to go into it for fear that, you know, this strikes up something with their with their head of counsel. Also, I guess maybe if you call Jamie Diamond at home, uh, maybe you get on their shit list. Yeah. So uh, we had done that a time or two, trying to get a short oh. sale approved. Oh, so dirt. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do when you're <laughs> when you're helping your homeowners, right? Avoid foreclosure. Oh, good lord! But you know, so I, I see where Kevin, this guy Kevin, meet Kevin, whatever his name. I don't even know what to call him. I guess I'll call him Meet Kevin. Kevin. Pref, Prefoss or something. Yeah, I, I see where he's Path coming from. Wrath. Path Wrath. I would tend to agree with him on his thoughts on Dave Ramsey, and and maybe. Maybe not as much on Cardone. I, I don't know. You know, I just had a similar conversation. I had a thought last night. I, I, I had a post that um, definitely did not resonate with a lot of our members here inside of Next Level Agents about, you know, the stat of the average net worth of a homeowner versus a non-homeowner. And, you know, I just, because I think it's misleading and it's not deep enough. And so I get where Ke this guy, where Meet Kevin, if you will, is coming from. And I don't know. I'm probably not dressing up in an elf, as an elf to go hand out poinsettias at uh, at anybody's office, especially not Grant Cardone's, uh, for that matter, because I just don't have the kind of time on my hands. But you know, I guess when you're he's got like ninety thousand subscribers on his YouTube channel, and some of his videos have a couple hundred thousand views. Uh, I don't know if those are all legit or if some of those are paid for, but. He's obviously he's doing something that's working. So I get where he's coming from. A little bit of shock value there. So yeah, and I don't know what I'm not the going to jail for a, for a podcast though. I can tell you that. Well, it's, you know, I don't know what what YouTube pays for a hundred thousand. I think that's going to get you in there where you're going to start making some money. You know, I know he has a um, a YouTube uh, subscriber. He has a cool little thing in his office where. Like every new YouTube subscriber, it goes kaching kaching kaching. So throughout the day, it goes kaching 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 and um. And I'm sure this this was all part of that. You know, goal was to get to a hundred thousand, and this may have put him over the edge. I don't know. Is that is the video still there? Do they have to take it down? Plenty of people make a decent living selling real estate, but how many manage to make millions to become a millionaire? Imagine how much more profitable your business would be if you had the chance to learn from someone who actually made their millions selling real estate. Rebus University instructors know what it takes to build a highly successful, highly lucrative real estate business because they've done exactly that. These self-made real estate millionaires spent years in the trenches identifying exactly what works in today's markets. And that's exactly what they teach. Right now, we're running a seven-day trial on Rebus University's all-access package. For just $7, you can get access to every course, 
Every millionaire real estate instructor, there's over 40 of them, 40 millionaire real estate instructors that Rebus University has to offer. You have access to all of them. To start your seven-day free trial for only seven bucks, go to futureofrealestatetraining.com. That's futureofrealestatetraining.com or text TRIAL, T-R-I-A-L, to 444-999. That's TRIAL to 444-999. I'm I'm on his page right now. He's he's posted something as recently as a day ago. Yeah, there's the Grant Cardone versus Meet Kevin lawsuit is oh apparently the lawsuit's over. I don't know, you know. But again, there you go. Gary V is wrong on real estate. Let's basically every couple videos is he's he's attacking the bully, if you will, like you said. He's going to give a wet willy to somebody bigger than he is, and I'm assuming it's it's obviously helping on some level. So he's, you know, he can do these guys that he's attacking can really take, can take the hate, you know, because they, they, they get hate. Like Gary V gets hate all the time. Um, Cardone gets hate all the time. Uh, I don't know if Ramsey gets a lot of hate, um, but uh, um, he probably gets, uh, he probably gets some, but not like, you know, uh, Gary V and, and Cardone are very opinionated and, and, and controversial, but um you know the the interesting thing is I, I, it's working for him, and I guess it's it's. Oh, what I was going to say is, you know, he did one on uh, Brian Casella, who's a who's an agent. This, uh, you know, he's got a bunch of YouTube videos and things like that, and it was a really really uh, mean spirited. Like it was, um, you know, he pointed out that you know Brian was a, a you know doing real estate and then he he was renting his house he like dug into his tax records and and dug into his lease and found his you know all this information said how is an how is an agent who's promoting all this leasing a house and doesn't own a house and and uh, i really felt bad for uh, brian i even told uh, meet kevin that i said kevin i was like you know, these, so a lot of these are funny, and some of these guys are funny that you can punch in the face. But when you go after some of these younger, these little guys that, you know, yeah, I don't that's, know, bull, I don't that's know bullying. It's bullying. He, he, he yeah, became he, the bully in that one, yeah. Yeah, you get to the point of ba basically being an online bully and, you know, <laughs> whatever. That's a whole other topic. He took another... it down. He took it down because he felt bad Good. about it, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad he did. I wish he wouldn't have done that in the first place. But, you know, last one, and then, you know, we're running a little little long, but you and I uh, couldn't help but notice this one, too, about the judge dismissing the suit uh, accusing Zillow of antitrust over, of all things, Zestimates. And uh, I thought, thought that was peculiar. You know, the suit was filed by a homeowner that had claimed ability, uh, Zillow's ability to move the Zestimate on certain listings, you know, hampers fair competition. Now, I've been, always been of the belief that I don't, I don't actually believe Zillow helps you get more money for your home. I don't believe it helps you. It costs you money. I don't think it gets you less money. Um, I, I, you know, I'm rather neutral on Zillow. I think Zillow is a traffic machine, and I, but I do not believe there's any proof or data that says, hey, it's, gonna, it's going to affect the sales price. Uh, for what a market will bear for any particular listing. So uh, I would have, you know, just on that alone, obviously I don't know all the details. I would have, 
I, I get why the judge ruled this way. What's your What's your take on this, Pat? Well, first and foremost, I, the, you know, the house was like $5 million. So I, I think it's hard to get sympathy from, you know, as somebody who owns a $5 million house and then the estimate is, is three and a half or something, right? And it's like, oh, poor me, right? You know, so I think, I think that hurt. Also, you know, at the end of the day, the Zestimate is a comparison of comps and comparison of, of neighborhoods. And, and you can appeal as estimate. Uh, but I think what this guy's problem was, he listed with, let's just say, Joe Smo Real Estate. And if you're with Caldwell Bank or Century 21 or Sotheby's, they got a deal with Zillow that they actually pay them money so that if Caldwell Banker has the listing, the estimate then goes far away so you can't see it. It doesn't appear under the, the price. So like his price said $5 million, but then it said Zestimate $3 million, right? So it looked like hell, and and if but if he listed with call a banker, it would show five million. Then this estimate would be way down at the bottom. So that was his problem, and I don't know the legality of that. Obviously, the judge said, "Hey, that's fine. It's their, it's their, it's their company. They can do whatever the hell they want." So yeah, you know, I, I would agree. And, and to me, uh, I don't know. I, I don't see it. It sounds to me like a homeowner was was upset and decided they'd go after someone because their multi-million dollar property didn't sell for the price they wanted. You know, I think, uh, I think that most, most court, uh, most, most courtrooms have seen more important, uh, cases in their time and I'm glad they threw it out. Uh, actually hate to even think about how much government money and time was wasted on this man. Yeah. And bottom line is the luxury homes are, are a, a volatile business and, it's uh, it, it's it's certainly hard to to look at a luxury home from an average of comps, right? And anybody right. showing a luxury home should be able to say that to their buyer, you know. Uh, so, and and you would think if it happened to him, it would happen to the other luxury homes that the people were looking at as well. And if it did it, then maybe that was stupid of him to build a luxury home surrounded by hundred fifty thousand dollar ranchers. Maybe that was his problem, you know. Yeah. Well, it's always nice to be able to blame someone else for your mistakes. So right. Yeah. That, that makes life easier. So, hey, Pat, man, it was really good uh, catching up uh, on All right, Kevin. a couple topics. Anything else you got? Uh, parting shots you want to share with us today before no, we get no, running? No parting shots, bro. I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to talking to you next week. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Real estate rock stars, next level agents. Have an amazing rest of your week. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning into the State of the Market Podcast with your host, Pat Hyben and Kevin Kaufman. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Market. If you have any news you would like us to cover, please go to Next Level Agents on Facebook or send an email to info at rebusuniversity.com. That's info at Rebus University, R-E-B-U-S, university.com, and we'll be sure to bring it up. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.